0: So the, the topic is uh, failing, uh, and uh, I know it's is an amazing topic actually, failing. I mean, uh, um, Maxwell once said failing forward could be also a very smart strategy, but in certain areas, it's not so funny to fail. certain area to fail is not a big deal. For example, Robert Goddard, um, he had this idea to shoot a rocket to the moon. And um, the first thing he did, it flew maybe 50 meters and it came down. And everyone was laughing about him. I thought, well, I said, hey, that's just a dream. And he was actually a joke for the whole neighborhood. But he became actually the father of the space age, actually. Failing forward can be something very, very helpful. Tiger Woods is another guy the best golf player all times. I'm mean I playing golf as well. I'm not as good as Tiger Wood. And he won so many titles after years and years and years. He was the first guy who ever won more than 1 billion US dollars only with sport. The first guy ever on planet Earth. And in the year 2010, of course, he lost half of, of, of his money because he got divorced. He gave 500 million back to this, his wife and his career was actually crashed down in an online on level he had four searchers and everyone thought he will never have a comeback anymore this year 2019 he won again the u.s masters is the biggest golf tournament on earth and it became for that win um, the the u.s freedom medal in america Uh, with other words sometimes failing can be a nightmare but sometimes failing can be also like a, a blessing in your own journey people from texas Who is here from Texas? There's nobody from here from Texas. Texas people are really different. (laughs) Texas people, they say, it doesn't matter how much milk you spill as long as you don't lose your cow. That's, That's a good quote, right? But right now, some people say, okay, I lost milk and the cow, both. And that's not a good thing, actually. Only losing milk, it's not a big deal. But if you're losing relationships or your family, it's another story. I wrote down some failures. You can see it on the screen. For example, some people, they their friendship is on the rocks because of a conflict. Or maybe you have a big issue with your own father. Or once again, your date turned you down. Or relationship, if your boss, colleagues at, at work fails and you want to quit, or maybe your children, they're not following God anymore. And you ask the question, what, have I done something wrong? And this is a big question, actually. Or uh, you cheated or you are divorced. There are many, many failures. And all of a sudden, when it comes to a relationship base, it's not fun anymore, right? Because it goes very personal. It's a very good illustration, actually, if a relationship falls apart, is this simple illustration so now let's talk about broken relationships right <laughs> and sometimes when a relationship falls apart it hurts right it hurts and certain people say okay no big deal i take just uh, those parts i put it under the carpet and come on, life goes on. Every morning, morning I listen to a motivational teacher. Come on, life is good. I'm strong, I can do it. But the problem is still somewhere under the carpet. Other people say, okay, um, it's really crazy. The whole family, the marriage, everything is fall apart. I, wanna, I try to fix it. But if you fix it by yourself, what happens actually? Hurt people will hurt other people. That means if those stuff are not healed by God the Father, you will hurt other people with your own story. You go into the next relationship with some pieces from the old relationship and it's not helpful actually. Or you say, God help me, I need a miracle in my life and you put all together because Jesus can restore certain things. And what can happen is a good uh, illustration from Japan. They, when, when they destroy something, they fix it together, and they glue it with gold and silver. And this is very pricey and very expensive because there's a person who fixed everything together with gold and silver. And I think this is a very good illustration for our relationships because if you fail, it doesn't matter; mean it's over forever. And the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter four to seven we now have this light shining in our hearts but we ourselves are like fragile clay of jars containing this great treasure this makes it clear that our great power from god not from ourselves and i think this is a good illustration we are very fragile in our life sometimes things happen but this is never never the end of your own story and i want to teach you one point tonight and it's very simple Fall down, stand up, straighten your crown, carry on. Simple, right? Fall down, do it, stand up, do it, straighten your crown, do it, carry on. And for me, one of a guy who helps me actually when I have some issues in terms of leadership or sometimes with my friendship is Abraham and Lot in the Bible. Uh, it's actually for me, they became for me actually two guys who helped me along my journey. And I'll read the Bible text to you in Genesis chapter 13, verse 5 to 6. Now Lot, who went with Abraham, had flocks and cattle and tents of his own. Here, let's pause for a moment. Abraham was first in the land. Then Lot joined him. This is a very small detail, but very important. Lot was there, uh, Abraham was there first. And Lord just said, Okay, I wanna come and join you. There was not enough land to feed all the animals while they were lived together. They owned so many things, good for them, that they were not able to stay together. And here you can, as you can read the Bible text, you can sense oh here is actually already a problem in around the corner. First point, admit your failure. That's the very, very first point in your relationship. Admit your failure. Maybe you say that that, that's a no-brainer, but it's not a no-brainer because often when people fail, when people make a mistake or when people do dumb thing, they try to hide things. You know why? Because you always think, what will people think? What will people say? Your mom, your dad, uh, your friends, your neighborhood. And this is always like a very special moment. The point number one is always say, I failed. I made a mistake. I am really sorry. You know, uh, when, when, when um, for example, people, they struggle with alcohol when they want to have a breakthrough, when they're c- gathering together, the first thing, they have to admit, I am an alcoholic. I have a problem. I always thought this is a no-brainer, but you have to come to point, I messed. It's over. It's done. It's over. This is the very, very first point in your life. Don't play around. Just say it as it is the point number two is be careful with your emotions check out in verse eight so Abraham said to Lot, let there be no fighting between you and me or between the men who take care of our animals for we are brothers and here's the thing we read just the statement Abraham had a conversation it sounds very simple right But between a failure and a conversation, it's your heart, your soul. Somehow you have to handle your deepest frustration, your deepest loss somewhere. Sometimes what people do, for example children, if you lose something, you start to manipulate. Say, dad, no more broccoli. Or if you're not able to watch TV, we will kill you. That will be your future. You, you, you can treat people with manipulation or you say one word, one word and other people say, hey, that's really not fair. Or you're celebrating the birthday and then you put happy birthday boom, and everyone starts to laugh. Have you ever done that before? That's, that's not funny. I mean, it's very cool for videos, but not funny. Or uh, you, you play around and you start to joke about a person. And for you, it's funny, but for the person in front of you, it's not funny. And failing could be that you, you, your family fall apart, or maybe your marriage falls apart. It can be even though uh, your dream, your calling from God fall apart. And this is very important that you understand in your soul, there are, is, there are some, some hurts. And you have to talk with a person about your feelings. We often we say, you have to forgive. Forgiveness is a no-brainer, because forgiveness is always about you. But from what happens until you're able to forgive, it's always a journey. Between what happened and you can say, I forgive you, it's always a journey. Let's speak about the journey. What are you doing if you're hurt what are you doing is something falls apart you need a place and that place is God you have to talk to God about your deepest real authentic emotions I want to read you an amazing Bible verse please don't be shocked if you say oh I love the Bible I love to read the Bible here is an amazing uplifting Bible verse in Psalm 58 verse 6 to 12 are you ready this is the revenge psalms. Revenge. Break the teeth of their mouths. Oh God. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> we are saying, oh my gosh. Oh, is this, oh. In the new international version, it's not, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Lord, tear out the fun of those lions. May they be like a slug that melts away. As it moves along like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. Can I hear your name? <laughs> Crazy, Maisie, right? The righteous will be glad when they are avenged, when they dip their feet in the blood of the wicked. Really? Yeah. Then people will say, surely the righteous still are reverted. Surely there is a God who judged the earth. Uh, I don't know if you, when you read those Bible verses in the morning, maybe you skip a chapter. But uh, here's a list of all the Psalms of revenge. You can see so many Psalms of revenge in the Bible. More than half of the Psalms are revenge. People are not, not, not meaning God, kill my wife, kill my husband, kill my family, kill them. It's not like a prayer. God, please do what I, I want to ask you to do. It's more, my soul is so disappointed. I am so hurt. And God, I cannot handle my feelings. And I shout and scream to God all my feelings, all my emotion. God, has not a problem with your words. God can handle your words because God is able to handle you, yeah. and God is never shocked. We often think when I pray, I say, "God, You are holy, You are good." That the, the most secret place in our lives is a place when we say to God, "I am disappointed about that person, about this situation," and God, if it's possible, as you shoot it out, maybe for you guys it can be you write a letter of your own revenge but never send it to that person. It's more like a letter to God, how you feel. Because when you say it, then it's out. It's not in the dark anymore. The Bible says, whatever is in the dark, the devil has power. What is in the, on the light, in the light, there's no power anymore. That means the moment when you're writing a, an email or a letter to God to, for revenge, in the end you say, God, I said all. But I hand it over to you. I hand it over to you. That's the most important thing. You understand? But you need a place where you are super honest and then you hand it over to God because you know God can handle all those stuff. Always when I preach about that, people say, is this really in the Bible? Yes, more than half of the Psalms. The most people only read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my... This is only one Psalm. The next point is define a deadline. This is very, very important. It's not that the whole land is in front of you. Let let each of us go a different way. There is always, if you fight for your marriage, if you fight for your family, set a deadline. You know why I'm saying that? Because I I know some people, they're fighting for more than 20 years. The husband left the family, they cheated, you know, and the wife still believes is on the knees and asks God for a breakthrough. And after 20 years, nothing happens. I want to give you a very simple illustration about a bridge. You can see this bridge often like in the Netherlands, also sometimes in America. This has like two parts. A relationship has always two parts. If, for example, you say, I, I fight for my marriage. It's only one part. But if the other person says, I will not fight for the marriage anymore, that means there's, there is no bridge. There is no bridge anymore. And that's why it needs always two parts in a relationship. If only you fight and the other person is not able to fight or will not fight, forget the bridge. It's just a dream. It's just a nice illustration. That's why set a deadline, how long you believe for a miracle. And if this miracle is not, 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 not happening, then just make a clear cut. Here is a story of your former pastor, uh, Björn Schäffer, and he set a deadline as well in his own life. Let's hear his story about his deadline.
1: Hey, this is Björn, and uh, about a year ago from this day on, we were still that sure that we will go to America and plant the first ICF in the United States of America. Uh, Leo even announced that at the conference last year without saying our names. But then in the process, when our visas didn't come through, we were thinking, hey, did we hear God wrong? What is going on? We were so confused. And what brought clarity into the situation of confusion was, Um, With God and our friends and our leaders we were setting a deadline. If we don't get our visas till this date we will continue to move forward and plant a church, uh, but in a different city. Eventually our visas didn't come to this date and now I'm sitting in Frankfurt, Germany and we are planting ICF Startup Frankfurt and I'm so sure that um, this is the right time, this is the right place where we are. I still have some question marks with what this whole chapter was, but I'm I'm so sure we are a blessing here and we are at the right time, at the right place here. And I wanna encourage you, if you don't have clarity and you feel God is not speaking to you with a specific decision, set a deadline with God in faith, and that will bring clarity to your vision and to your future.
0: Come on. Thank you, Pastor Bjorn. You know, a year ago we, we raised money for America. I remember we believed we will go to America. We'll plant the very first church in Denver. It's an amazing place, actually. But we set the deadline because we prayed for so many months and actually years and nothing happens. And the deadline is very helpful because it gives you clarity because you can move on in a new direction. Now comes to me the most important point in the message, decide on a blessing attitude. And this is the most important point actually, because Abraham was in the land first. He was the older one. And you have to understand Hebrew culture is always honoring father and the mother. You honor the older people. You honor those people that have been there before you. And Abraham said, if you go to the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. This is an amazing blessed attitude, right? But often I read this and, but when we understand the context, context of that statement, it's even though deeper because Abraham gave Lot as a younger the chance to honor him, to honor the, 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 the older one, to honor the father and the mother. And here uh, we say, let, let, we read in verse 10. Lord looked and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the Garden of the Lord, like the land of the Egypt as you go to the Soar. And Lord saw that piece of land, beautiful, flourishing, blooming, blossoming, everything, and he saw just the blessing. And here's the thing as a younger one, you were not able to pick and choose that piece of a land. And Abraham said, okay, if you choose that piece of land, then I turn around and I will go on the right-hand side. And I want to read you, I want to show you the right-hand side of Abraham's piece of land. Abraham looked and saw just desert and and stones and no life, no blooming, no blossoming, nothing. And this is a very, 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 very good illustration for your life. Whenever your friendship falls apart, you can choose between a Lord spirit and an Abraham spirit. Whenever your marriage falls apart, you can choose Lord or the Abraham spirit. Whenever it comes to money, you can choose Abraham or Lord. Whenever it comes to your company, you can choose between Lord and Abraham. Whenever it comes to your own kids, You choose Lot or Abraham. And often people fight like Lot. I fight for my kids. It's my house. I was here in the house before you. It's my job because I was here. I built up the company before you. And actually, this is my money. This is my dream. This is my vision. You see what I mean? It's me, me, me. I was here first. But Abraham believed not in a system, not believed in a land. He believed that God provides. The God is in store of everything. And this is huge difference. And he said, okay, then i take the land that nobody will ever take. Often we look with our own view, but we have to see with the Spirit of God. And Abraham said the following thing. In verse 14 to 15, the Lord said to Abram after the Lord had left him, raise your eyes and look from where you are to the north, to the south, to the east and the west. Hey, sorry. It doesn't matter where Abram looked. It was only sand. It doesn't matter. It's not getting better. East was not better than the west. The west was not better than the south. East was just desert. For I will give you all the land that you see. Oh, wow, amazing land. An amazing future. To your own children and to your own children forever. And here's the thing. I decided in my own life as a pastor, I have the Abraham spirit. Because even though in our church sometimes people stepping out from leadership or stepping out from the staff, or even though though sometimes my relationship falls apart with other people, whatever reasons, and I always decided in my life, I am Abraham. I bless the people, even though if I've be, been here before them, even though if I'm older, even though if I have invested more, whatever. But I say, God, I position myself in the Abraham spirit. And every time when a person left our, our, our staff, we gave them more money than we ever should give because we said, we are generous. We want to bless you with everything. What in the beginning looked so promising for Lot turned out to Godom on Samorah that land. What looked so promising for Lot in the beginning turned that one day his wife will die there because Sodom and Gomorrah was there. What looked not promising in the beginning by Abram turned out as the best piece of land. Whenever you are in a situation of fighting, of failing, receive the Abraham spirit. Your failure is not the end. This is my last point. Genesis chapter 13, verse 16 to 17. I will make your family after you like the dust on earth. Just on the line of the word dust. Because when Abram saw the land, east, west, south and east, he saw dust, sand, no life and nothing. And God said, like the dust on earth. So if anyone could number the dust on the earth, then he could number your children's children. Rise up and walk forth and wide up the land, for I will give it to you. And here's my statement. Choose the Abraham spirit. Whenever you have a fight, don't fight for a house. Don't fight for a position. Don't fight for your own rights. You believe that God fights for you. You know, when God fought with Jacob, Do you know who won? God. God wins always. You cannot beat God. It's impossible. You know that? If God fights for you, you are blessed because God fights better than you ever can fight. Or even though if you read the Bible, I mean the end of the Bible is clear that God wins. He will win, not the devil will not win, God will win. That means maybe a certain chapter in your life, they're not good. It seems like the devil is above, but in the end of the day, God wins. This is a story. If I trust like Abraham, I believe that God fights for me and God fights better than I ever can fight. And I trust and I believe that God blesses me and blesses Lord too. And that's the right attitude. It's not about, oh, I'm right, you're wrong. It's always about the win win situation. God bless me and bless, bless Lord too. This was the attitude of Abraham. I want to close with an uh, interview of uh, one of my closest, um, a counselor. He counseled me for many, many years. Uh, he was a good leader for our church for many, many years. And he had also a failure in his life. And he thought, he thought that his failure will be the end of his journey with God. And here is an amazing story. Swiss German translated with amazing English.
2: My job was to be a werden also, ich will das auch eingrenzen und sage nicht einfach Pfarrer, sondern Prediger vom Evangelium. Also, es war eine Leidenschaft, gewesen, einfach fürs Wort und eine Leidenschaft, das Wort rauszubringen. Und schon im ersten Pfarramt total gescheitert. Nach sieben Jahren hat meine Frau dann gesagt, nicht mehr mit mir, ich kann so nicht mehr weil ich natürlich im Grunde genommen gemeingewiratete und nicht meine Frau. Und für mich hat das bedeutet, das ist Ende Pfarramt, Ende Prediger. Nachdem dann im Gericht das Urteil gefällt war, bin ich auf das WC ausgeräumt und habe geheult wie ein Hund. Und dann habe dann meine Kündigung beim Kinderwald eingereicht, weil ich wusste habe, ich werde nie mehr auf den Kanzler gehen. Und das ist ein Der ehemaliger Missionar ich war hier Killer als Präsident. Hier. Und er hat mich dann zu sich geholfen und gesagt, ich kenne die Hintergründe. Und ich mache sie jetzt zum kantonalen Hilfsprediger. Sie können jeden Sonntag irgendwo predigen, im Land um und Pferd ersetzen. Und so bin ich dann im Land umdingeln. Aber es war ein dreijähriger Kampf, den ich dem Gott beweisen will. Ich kann gar nicht mehr gefahren sein. Ich habe die Predigten auch nicht mehr vorbereitet, weil ich dachte, ich will dir zeigen, Gott dass man so einen nicht mehr brauchen kann. Dann habe ich Heilpädagogik studiert und eine Ausbildung gemacht am Fernsehen für Film und und. Und habe dort versucht, wieder Boden unter den Füßen immer mit dem Gedanken, nie mehr auf die Kanzel. Und in dieser Verzweiflung habe ich dann zum Römerbrief gegriffen. Und ich bin dann bis zum siebten Kapitel gekommen. Und beim siebten Kapitel ist dann der Zwänziger gefallen, wo ich plötzlich kapiert habe, dass Gott ja eigentlich darauf wartet, dass ich meine Milch gebe, und endlich akzeptieren, dass es eine Gnade gibt, wo ich absolut nichts dazu kann dazu tun, dass Gott mich liebt, sondern dass Gott mich auch als geschiedener Mensch absolut liebt. hat bedingungslos. Und wo mir das in dem siebten Kapitel bewusst worden ist, bin ich noch in meinem Büro und tanzen Löhli. Ich und, und gejubelt und tobt. Aber für mich ist das der Wendepunkt auch in der Verkündigung vom Evangelium, Dass es keine Vorbedingungen gibt, die ich leisten kann, sondern dass Gott mich absolut bedingungslos liebt, wie ich bin mit all dem Zeug, das an mir hängt. Nicht nur, dass er mich liebt, sondern dass er auch aus dem Scheitern wird er etwas Gutes machen. Muss. Und das ist es im Grunde genommen. Wir haben einen Gott, der in Trümmer und im Scheitern baut und das Scheitern benutzt, um noch etwas Besseres zu machen. Also es ist gar nicht immer nur, wenn die Umstände rosig ist und alles rund läuft, dass dann das Reich Gottes vorwärts geht, sondern manchmal, wenn wir zuerst auf die Nase gehen und scheitern, und das bringt manchmal das Reich Gottes viel, viel besser und kräftiger und schneller vorwärts, Als mein gut Meinen und Können. Mein. Meine Paulus, Soder, der vorher Christenverfolger war und Blut an den Händen hatte, wurde nachher zum Weltapostel. Ich wär nie an dem Punkt, wo ich bin, weil ich nicht Blödsinn gemacht hätte. Ich sage nicht, dass Blödsinn der Weg zur Frucht ist. Aber ich sage, Blödsinn kann den Weg zur Frucht nicht versperren, sondern Dort, wo wir uns demütigen und unser Herzen zerbrochen sind, kann auch mehr Frucht entstehen. Also ich habe einfach keine Angst mehr vor dem Scheitern.